ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, welcome back. Stephen Holder here with Zach Keeper. Another episode of 1% Better. And this one is different because this one is during week one. Let's it's, go. It's here. Time for football. It's, I, I feel like the, the interviews have picked up this week. The players' energy has been noticeably higher. And there's a game on tonight. We're recording this Thursday night. And the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs are playing football tonight. And that's right. awesome. Yeah. So that's cool. It's been a long time coming. Remember when it was like February and we were talking about, you know, what the Colts might do coming out of the combine. <laughs> Remember right. that was like seven years ago. Right. Like we're here now. So so we got a lot to cover tonight. Uh, well, whenever you're listening to this and we want to touch on a lot of different things. So we'll jump right into it. Um, look, I think, first of all, let's just deal with the elephant in the room. So <laughs> Quentin Nelson's hurt people, but it's okay. <laughs> don't jump off the roof. So don't hyperventilate. He's going to be okay. Right, do we Zach? know, do Tell we know us Quentin okay? Nelson can get hurt? For the, for just for starters, I don't know if Quentin Nelson can actually get hurt. We need to, what we really need to find out, and here would be the real enterprising uh, journalistic thing to do, would be find out how this happened. Because my bet is it involves a semi-truck or something. Because I don't know how else it happens. Right. <laughs> so right. that's what we need to get to. We need to find that out. Where did this originate? But um, he's, got, he's got a little today. thing going on. What's going yeah. on, Zach? Mispractice today. He was out there yesterday, so it was a little bit of a surprise. Told it's nothing serious from a good source. Uh, we will find out more tomorrow from a very good source named Frank Reich, the head coach, when he addresses the injuries before you know they head down to Jacksonville. But uh, I would expect Quentin to be on the practice field tomorrow. So nothing, uh, nothing overtly serious right now about probably the best player on the team. It would take a lot, really. It really would take a lot. And I, I've heard that about Quentin, that like he will play through anything. So I think, you know, when you have a guy who's – or any guy, not just Quentin. When you have guys who are banged up on this team, they generally don't practice, period. Right. That's just how right. it is. So I'm not telling you it's nothing to worry about. All I'm saying is that is pretty much standard. If you got a hangnail, you sit. and Especially and, if you're an important player. And – I think this is fair to say, but Colts fans are absolutely scarred and I don't blame them because it was supposed to be a calf and it was supposed to be an ankle and then boom, everything changed. And I won't go into the details, but look, I get it. You know, we covered that. We went through that for five, six years with the ankle and the arms and all that with Andrew Luck. So I get it. You see Quentin Nelson's out. It's a back. It's a little scary. Told not to be worried about this one. We'll monitor as it goes, but uh, that's a good point about Quentin. I mean, this dude, you know, he hates the fact that he hasn't played every snap since his rookie year. And the only yeah. reason he didn't is because like this weird rule and he had to leave the field, but it wasn't injury related. But um, this guy prides himself in being out there, not just every game, but every single snap. He'll be out there Sunday. No, he, he really is the consummate football player, tough guy. He is the embodiment of toughness. So I would be stunned if... There were any issues on Sunday with Quentin Nelson. So just uh, keep your fingers crossed there if you're a Colts fan. Now, let's turn our attention to Sunday. Jacksonville, house of horrors. <laughs> Think about I mean, that. I just said that in relation I to mean, the Colts. It's, it's true. <laughs> so like you tweeted out this earlier today. You were like, the last time they won here was Matt Hasselbeck had to throw it 47 times. And I was like, no, 
that's the last time. I mean, that was they lost fifty-one to sixteen that day. I was like, one year. Early. That, that was, was the home game that year. It was two thousand. That was two thousand fifteen. I was I was referencing the home game, so I totally botched that and corrected it later. So but there's yeah, been it's so even many worse. bad games. I mean, two years ago they go down there and they're amid a ten-game win streak, and they put up an offer. They lost ten. They lost six to zero. That was a good team a couple of years ago. Their worst game of the season, by far, was against Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> like it was and I don't know what was second, but it was a it was not a close second. Okay. And, and they and they lost last year going away. I mean, the Jaguars rolled them in the season finale last year. And that feels like ten years ago, because it was. But um look, that's not lost in this team this week. We've we've talked about this a lot. They haven't won a season opener since thirteen. They haven't won in Jacksonville since fourteen. Now they played in London one of those years, but they lost the game anyway. So <laughs> Um, I can guarantee you this is a really important game for one guy, and that's Jim Irsay. And Frank Reich told us this week that Jim Irsay makes that clear to him. I think if you follow this team long enough, you know how important the opener is to Jim Irsay. And like you and I were saying on the practice field the other day, you got to win this game. Just go down there and, and just take care of business. There's no excuse to beat this Jacksonville team, maybe by double digits, because Jacksonville has nothing left. Like, I can't even name four players on the roster. Okay, so... You come here for high-level analysis, and I'm going to give you high-level analysis right now. Win the damn game. Yeah. <laughs> okay? That's your that's your high-level analysis. Win the damn game. Do not let Jacksonville find a way to win this game. Frankly, look, I went through this with our, our new uh, podcast co- podcaster extraordinaire, Robert Mays, the other day. On, on his on one of his podcasts, uh, the football show, which is really good, by the way. Uh, so we talked about the AFC South, and we honestly got to the Jaguars, but of course left them for last. And I was stunned how hard it was for me to kind of give a summary of the Jack the Jacksonville roster because I didn't have anything to say. I mean, <laughs> all right, I will give them this: they've got a quarterback who is functional, right? He's not a high level. Quarterback. I don't even know if he's middle of the pack, but he can make a few plays. He's a high-level backup, I think. Yeah, exactly. And nothing and, against him, but... Right. Then they've got some wide receivers. They've got a couple playmakers at that position, DJ Shark in particular. I like him. They've got a couple other guys who can make some plays, right? If you if you don't show up, they will make some plays and hit some, some balls over the top, and then you're going to be you know sort of playing catch-up. But where else is the talent? This team... Yeah. Three years ago, weren't they like in the AFC Championship game with the vaunted Baltimore Ravens-like defense? They were loaded, 2000s? man. They were loaded. They carried Blake Bortles to the championship, and they almost won. They were one-third down Should've. away from winning in Foxborough. But look, I mean, for all the hype and expectation and excitement about the Colts, and I think it's founded. I mean, DeForest Buckner and Philip Rivers and the rookies, I, you can't go down there and lay an egg. You just can't do it. You need to go down there and take care of business, and then you get – the Vikings, who are a good team at home in week two, and then you start to move on with your season. But um, look, you know, this might be a game that would worry me if I was a Colts fan, if they weren't a really well-coached team. I think mm. the Colts are a really well-coached team. I think they'll be prepared. They'll be probably a little rusty, especially on offense in the first couple series, just because there's no preseason games. But, you know, this should be a 10, 10 or 14-point win. Um, it, it just absolutely should be a 10 or 14-point win. There should be no doubt after the game that the Colts were, were two touchdowns better than the Jaguars. So, as I'm thinking about this, one of the things that, that kind of strikes me is, 
if this Colts team is as good as we think they are, and by the way, they think they're good too. Like yeah. behind the scenes, like they really think they're good. I'm not saying Super Bowl. That's, that's no a good one's point. saying that. But they they believe it. Like they're not afraid to say, like, you know what, we're playing for something, damn it. We think we we think we got a good team. So if they're as good as as I think they are, and I think they're good enough to win the division, and if they're as good as they think they are, then two things. Number one, you can't lose this game. Number two, these are the types of games where, as you just outlined, the difference between your team and the other team should show. Like yeah. there have been too many of those games. Frankly, going back many years with this team, even when it had a good record, honestly, right, where they would give up losses to teams they had no business losing to. Now it's okay that happens. It's the NFL; everybody gets paid, right, et cetera, right, right. Et cetera. But come on, man! Like there are just there have been too many of those head scratching losses by this team, and I'm talking about even under Frank Reich, the Jacksonville loss two years ago, inexcusable, honestly. Yeah, I mean, how did now, that happen? And, and this isn't week 14. This isn't week 12. You're not banged up. This is week one. This is the game everybody's had circled on the calendars for months. You've had three weeks to prepare. I mean, you heard T.Y. Hilton talk today. Have you ever seen T.Y. more amped for a season opener? I've I mean, never seen or heard him talk like that in, in in my seven years on the beat. I mean, this guy is ready to go. And he was talking trash, and he was saying, they can guard me. He was saying, if I'm healthy, they can't guard me. If I'm hurt, they still can't guard me. He, did, I mean, he went third person on us, by the way. He said, T.Y. is ready. He said, a healthy 13, you can't stop a healthy, thir- healthy 13, you know, meaning his jersey number. So I was like, okay, T.Y. Hilton's going third person. Whoa, watch out. Yeah, he must feel good. He must feel good. Darius Leonard does. was in a great mood. I think these guys, I mean, these guys know. They know they've got a lot of talent. I think I think Buckner has really changed the way the defense is going to play. Kenny Moore is back. Remember, that was kind of a question mark a couple of weeks ago. But um, I think you're right. They think they're a pretty good team. It's going to be really fun to see how the AFC South race evolves. I think you can make a case for any of the three teams. Houston, who we'll see tonight. Tennessee, you know, they made the AFC Championship game last year. And the Colts as well. But let me ask you this. We have not seen a game since December 30th in Jacksonville. What are you most looking forward to seeing Sunday at 1 o'clock? Well, I think even if it's not what I'm most looking forward to, I think the, the biggest mystery right, with this team is what will it look like offensively. And yeah, and, and actually, I have thoughts on that. I, I don't think – I've thought about this a lot. I don't think it's going to look like people perhaps expect. What I mean by that is, I mean, you were at training camp. You saw it. The people have not, though, right? We've been telling right. you for, for weeks. I don't know if this is going to be some sort of aggressive down-the-field offense. I haven't seen that, and I think that's okay. That's I think, a good point. I think they know what they are, and I think Frank Reich is trying to protect Philip Rivers to some extent here. Now, he'll never say that, but I think there's something to that. Uh, Philip Rivers... His arm strength has been a question for a lot of people in the NFL, right? And whether you think that's fair or not, that question is out there, right? So, therefore, maybe as a result of that, I'm not seeing them or I have not seen them throw the ball down the field aggressively very much, like, at all. That's a good point. It's not criticism. It's just what they've done. Now, we've seen it a little bit. A little but I remember going to the second practice at Lucas Oil Stadium saying, I haven't seen it. Now, they did it that day. T.Y. hit a long bomb, 48 yards. But that's a really good point. It's not going to look like the T.Y. Hilton, Andrew Luck offense of 2013, 2014, 2015. I think it's going to look more like the end of 2018 where Andrew Luck wasn't having to play out of his mind. He didn't have to mm-hmm. be Superman. He had a 
great offensive line. He had a terrific run game. And there was a balance that hadn't been there since the days of, you know, the middle of Manning's career. And and I think the Colts are going to design their offense around that theory. And I think I think Frank Reich knows that. And I think that's what we saw. Look, Phillip Rivers is going to get the ball out faster than Jacoby Brissett. He's going to be more decisive. And, and I think what we're going to see is a team that can live with a couple mistakes from Phillip Rivers because he's going to make them. But I think they're going to be able to run the offense a lot more like the way Frank White wants to run the offense. Because what we saw in December last year was not what they wanted to be. And they were boring and they were predictable and they were one-dimensional. So you're going to see a quicker off. Like, And I tried to write about this after that scrimmage. Like, When Rivers is out there, they're just faster. Like in everything they do on offense. And I think that'll be fun for the fans to watch at home because there's a cadence – there's a up-tempo feel to it that's going to keep defenses guessing, and it's it's just not going to be that boring plotting system we saw at the end of last year. Yeah, and I think even when they run the ball, and they will run the ball a lot, I still think you'll you'll get that feeling that you're talking about uh, because I, I do think they're they're going to step it up, and Frank Reich is very comfortable doing that. We're not talking no huddle; we're just talking about yeah, just, just a little bit of a. A yeah. pep in their step, if you will. I know that's corny, but but that's kind of what I'm talking now, about. Now, they, they will go no huddle too. Trust me. They will do some of that, yes. Uh, it's it's not going to be like a staple, but they're going to do it. And I think, number one, Frank Reich trusts Philip Rivers to do it, so that's good. And then secondly, I think you always want to present things to a defense to keep them sort of at bay. So they'll do that. But at the end of the day, look, I mean, Frank Reich is going to coach this team also knowing that the strength of this team is up front. And so he's not going to get too far away from that. I'm not suggesting this is going to be some kind of run first offense, but they are going to run the ball a lot. Okay. That's just what they do. So like it, don't like it. I don't care. That's what they're going to do. So uh, I I think that's going to be one of the interesting subplots is just what does this offense look like? Um, I think defensively, as we kind of alluded to already, there's some, there've been some changes there. Uh, DeForest Buckner, what does that look like? You know, when was the trickle down effect right for right. him or from him? Right. How does that help Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker and company? Uh, those really great linebackers. They kept seven of them. They like them so much. So, yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting. Rev- this, this game is going to be re- revealing in one way or another. For for all of these different reasons, this game is going to be revealing about this team. And I think that's another reason to be excited about the season because it's. It's a different team, you know, yeah. and I think that that keeps it fresh. Win, lose, draw, it's still interesting, and I think that's always something uh, that, as a fan, you're you're looking forward to. So, is, isn't that, that's a good point? I mean, you always get excited for week one because you don't know what you're going to see, but this feels like a different team than last year. It, it starts with those two guys. It starts with Rivers and Buckner, and and maybe Rivers isn't a top five player on the roster. Maybe he's seven or to ten, but when you add guys of that caliber at those positions to this roster, it does feel like a different team in a different feel. And they're going to change the way they play on both sides of the ball in huge ways. Two guys I'm going to be watching for on defense, Xavier Rhodes and Rock Yassin, especially the Yassin, because he had a great camp. We saw it every day. We're not just blowing smoke out there. Like, look, this guy can play. Like, he brought it every day. Um, and Chris Ballard raves about him, and his position coach, Jonathan Gannon, raves about his work ethic and And Rock has talked a lot about how he's worked on his footwork and his hands late in downs to not get those penalties that we saw so many times last year. But can he translate that to Sundays? Because this is a guy with with all the skills in the world to be a great corner, 
Remember, he's a second-round pick, so you need to be a pretty dang good corner at that position. Um, I'm anxious to see if, if Rock can take that sophomore step and, and do what a lot of people expect him to do because with me and that position, it's just it doesn't matter if you do it in training camp. It just matters if you can do it in the regular season. So he's a guy we'll have a close eye on when the Colts are on defense on Sunday. Quick timeout before we move on. Now is the time to celebrate. That's right. Football is here to kick off football's 101st season. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all users a no-brainer to start the season. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Well, no. Not even really, really bad Colts teams from the past lost by 100. Well, for Week 1, DraftKings is ensuring that every, even if the Kansas City Chiefs were to lose in historic fashion, you would still cash your bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to Kansas City plus 101 for all users. So even if Kansas City loses by 100 points, you still win big with DraftKings Sportsbook. That's a no-brainer. Plus, DraftKings is giving away up to $100 million in prizes for all those who enter their free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook, enter their survivor pool, and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code FAST, that's F-A-S-T, to take advantage of this no-brainer of an offer. That's promo code FAST to get in all the action. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. Indiana only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Quick word from Manscaped. Fantasy football draft season is upon us. Due to quarantine, it's very possible you might have Zeke's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the way you like to gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as a Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of the ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection for your franchise quarterback. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and has an LED light on it. That's a game changer. They forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. That comes with new and improved Lawnmower Performance Boxer Briefs, a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining, and some other liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner that is made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. So for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, that's a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. So that's 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties at Manscaped. For me, this is almost like the continuation of 2018. Okay? So, 
you know what happened last year, right? Andrew Luck walks away. That's a good point. Yeah. So so for me, I I'm actually I don't you know can't give them a pass, right? Because they still had lots of good players on the team last year. But I mean, come on, right? <laughs> I mean, right. If, if, if Russell ever Wilson, come on, it, yeah. this is it. If Russell Wilson walks away from the freaking Seahawks tomorrow, you're going to be like, yeah, it's all right. Never mind. Yeah. We'll talk like, next year, like, right? Yeah, 2020 is fine. Like, whatever. Right. I mean, like, I don't care. Any top 10 to 15 quarterback in the NFL, period, if that happens, you write that team off that year and you say, okay, whatever happens, happens. It's all gravy. Whatever you do this year is gravy. So right. that's where we are. So, so. Whether the listener agrees, that's up to you. But I'm telling you my viewpoint. My viewpoint is this is the continuation of 2018. So that being said, having established that, what is the next step? I think the next step is win the division. Now, that's gotten harder since 2018. Though. Yeah, that's And that's, that's kind of one of the, the sticking points here. So let's turn our attention to that division because I think – this is going to be a story throughout the season, in my opinion. I don't think anybody's running away with this thing. But I thought this was very interesting, and we can talk about this. Tell me what your thoughts are. So you, we had our, our staff vote on superlatives for this year, right? Making predictions. Division winners, uh, Super Bowl contenders, you know, postseason awards, all that. So one of the things we did was pick division winners. I thought this was fascinating i did too looking at the afc south there were 46 votes 33 for the colts to win the division nine for the texans four for tennessee i thought that was stunning i'm not saying i disagree but i didn't think there was overwhelming agreement like that what is that about i agree and the other thing about that prediction was the other colts mention who did they have winning coach of the year? Frank ah, Reich. Frank Reich. Frank Reich. There's a lot of great coaches in this league, and they picked Frank Reich. Now, look, that's, you know, who knows what's going to happen. That's the fun part. But, look, I mean, the Colts play, I believe, one team with a winning record last season in the first half of the year, Minnesota in week two. Yeah, it's at home. They're going to well, get off to a good start. If, if, if this team's for real, they're going to get off to a good start, which is something they have not done in the last God knows how many years. Hey, wait, before uh, you go on, fun fact. I have to mention this because I wrote it down. It was so good. Uh, you talked about them not winning an opener since, what was it, 2013? Yeah, they beat Terrell Pryor. Who that was, was the quarterback you stole the it from me. That's what, that was going to be my point. <laughs> they beat Terrell Pryor was the other quarterback in that game. That's how long ago that was. Terrell Pryor doesn't even play quarterback. He hasn't played quarterback in like seven years. <laughs> so, anyway, continue. Sorry. No, it's, it's – and then, no, but like you said, you're going to see – what this team's made of after November 1st. They're going to play Baltimore. They're going to play Tennessee, Green Bay, Tennessee again. And they have back-to-back, you know, they have the Texans in, in twice in three weeks. And they mm. go to Pittsburgh, so where they haven't won in a long time. So one more thing to piggyback on your last point is they've got a lot of young guys who are going to be coming into their second and third and fourth years this year. You know, remember what Matt Eberflus said this spring? He's like, look. This was our plan. We were going to draft a lot of young guys on defense, get them into this system, and let them grow. And we were going to take the lumps that came with it. There were plenty of lumps, especially last year. I can list five or six guys that I think are going to be better this year. Bobby Okariki, Rocky Sin, Kari Willis, Anthony Walker, Darius Leonard. Look at all those young guys that are going to be coming into their own. Maybe Kamoko Toure down the line. So 
you got to think they've got some they've got some veterans in there. They sprinkled them in Buckner and Justin Houston and Xavier Rhodes. But for the most part, this is a young group of defensive players who have have grown up in this system in this four three cover two. And now's the time they still, you know, ideally they start to put it all together. So um, that's something to watch out for because you know what Chris Ballard wants to build at the end of the day. He wants to build a monster defense. They've invested a lot of capital the last couple of years in, in young defensive talent. Maybe they start to see that that reward come back to them this year because, you know, they need it to because they're going to be a much more balanced team this year and they're not going to have a guy at quarterback carrying them. I don't think Phillip Rivers is going to carry this team at any point this year. And to be honest, that's by design. Right. This I don't think this team in any way is built around the quarterback, which is, as you just said, I think that's what they want. Chris Ballard has said that from day one. Now, let's kind of sum up this division because I, I tell you, I like the Colts to win it. Now, I'm not so confident that I would like go bet the mortgage on this. Okay. Like, let Truth. me be clear. I, would I think not. this thing, yeah, I think this thing could go anyway. It's, it could go any of three ways. I'm I'm not I would put money on Jacksonville not winning. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not yeah. advising you to do that. That's not what right. we're here for. But I would do that, right? But but outside of that, I'm not betting on any of this. But I I tell you my gut tells me Indy, and I'll tell you why. And you can tell me your thoughts. I feel like I don't think they're the best team, but I think they have the most upside. And it's partly because of what you mentioned just a little bit ago. You talked about those players coming into their own. They're entering their primes. They've got a ton of those types of players. And I think they have them at important spots, right? So Darius Leonard's a great example. That is a featured position in this defense. Right. That weak side linebacker is like, that's the cleanup hitter in baseball. It's on defense, that's that guy. And then you've got the offensive line, right? Ryan Kelly, here's $50 million because you're a stud. Right. And so Quentin Nelson, who is like he man and can play through back spasms, apparently. So they've got really, uh, really stud. They've got a lot of stud players at positions that are so critical. Uh, Talking about the offensive line, which dictates everything on offense. Uh, Talked about the playmaker and Darius Leonard. DeForest Buckner is in his prime. Right. So and that's a critical, critical position. Kenny Moore, another Critical right. spot, right, in right. that defense. Just his third year. Remember, it's just his third year. Yeah, so you've got a ton of guys who I think are positioned to to get better. They're, they're, they're still developing. Darius Leonard is still developing as a football player. People. Yeah, Chris Ballard said last year, we have not seen the best from him. And I think that's true for most of the guys he's playing with. So I think when you look at it that way, that tells me, I think this is a team that can get better over the course of the season. And we haven't seen its best. Now, I look at Tennessee. Tell me, what do you think? I, I think with Tennessee, I think, all right, really sound football team. Uh, certainly a physical football team. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I They still don't scare me. Uh, I think they, they certainly are built to win, right? They can do all the things that it takes to win. But do they scare you? So that's that's the other thing. Is, is I don't think Houston takes this division. I think it's the Colts or the, t- the Titans for a couple of reasons. You mentioned the physicality. Every time we go into that locker room after they play the Titans, they, they talk about the Colts players tell us how much of a pain in the ass it is to play the Titans just because yeah. they're physical, and that's what the Colts want to be, right? The, Titan, the Titans beat them 
in that regard last year, that game in late November. And and they're really well coached. Mike Vrabel's done a really good job. Underrated coach, yes. The question is, can Tannehill duplicate what he did? Can can Derrick Henry duplicate what he did last year? They got really hot. And, you know, history tells us you, you can't sustain that. We'll see. Um, but if you're the Colts, do the Titans scare you? Over time, they'd never really been much of a problem. Andrew Luck never lost a game to the Titans. Now, things have changed. Um, but I think that's the team they got to beat. I think that's going to be the team they're going to have to edge in December uh, for the division crown. But you got to think about, you know, you win the division, you get a home playoff game, all sorts of possibilities open up in that AFC playoff picture. But here I am already talking about the playoffs. It's, it's opening <laughs> night. So um, it's going to be fun. I can't find a lot of holes in the Colts roster. Uh, I'm anxious to see them play on Sunday. And, and I think they're as well-rounded as they've been in a long time. I think they have the most complete roster. It doesn't. I don't know that it's the best team again, but I think it's what you just said. There, I can find redeeming qualities in every part of their team. I think we've talked about the secondary being suspect to some extent, yeah. and that's fine. Like you're not going to have world beaters at every position. That's just not possible for the most no. part. But I think I I can find strengths all over the roster. And I think that tells me something about this team. I think, how do you attack the Colts, right? How do you beat this team? If you're, if you're an opposing coach, how do you beat this team? I don't think there's one particular way to attack this team and to say, well, that's the ticket. Because if you have one, if you can find that vulnerability, well, now you're a team that has some, some liabilities, right? I don't know what that is with the Colts, which is not to say that, they can't be beat. What all I'm saying yeah, is yeah. it's not obvious, right? And and I think there are some teams, Houston, for example. I think so. Let's talk about Houston. I think Houston potentially could take a step back on defense. I think they will, and and I think they'll take a step back on offense because I think it'll be the Deshaun Watson show. And I absolutely love Deshaun Watson. I think he's future MVP, maybe yeah. this year. But you take away a top two receiver in the game, and you just. I don't know, man. I yeah. don't know. We'll see. We'll I, see. I, I think the other thing with Houston is their their defense has has been even when JJ Watt was at his best, their defense has never, at least certainly my my view of this is, is certainly warped, right? Because I covered T.Y. Hilton. So right. I have to be honest that's, about this. That's legitimate though. <laughs> but but like that's a real thing. Like T.Y. Hilton has has basically made Houston his second home, right? And and he, I mean, the guy wore a clown mask and then went out there and beat them on one leg. So, I mean, what else do you have to say? I mean, he doesn't have to say anything. My point is, I have come to not trust the Texans on defense just because of what I've witnessed for seven years. And so, right. the problem I have is now they've had some departures and they're working in some new guys. And I don't trust that team defensively whatsoever. So that puts even more pressure on Deshaun Watson. And now instead of maybe winning right. with 28 points, is he going to have to score 31 or 34? I right. mean, and, I mean, dude, I know that, you're paying him a lot of money, but come on. That dude gets hit a lot. He does. A lot. That has to and stop. He's, he's tough. He's tough and he plays through it and he makes plays after he gets hits, during the hits. But look, we both covered a quarterback who got that shit beat out of him the first five years of his career and, we know how that ended. Um, we'll see how long they can sustain it. They've invested in that offensive line. We'll see if he's better protected this year. Um, but it's it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's it's a three-team race. And I, you can make a case for any one of them winning the AFC South. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a three-team race last season. The Colts just fell out of the race in the last few weeks. I mean, they were never getting in. It didn't feel like it. But but certainly, this division, I think, made some noise last year. And I think it's going to be even more competitive this year. So this is something to get used to. This is different. This is really different. And look, it's healthy for us, for what we do, right? We we actually love these storylines. But it's going to be different for, for Colts fans, really, uh, to see this division being so deep. I mean, we've yeah. had a stretch here where, I guess, prior to last year, Houston was the team to beat for a while there. Uh, the Colts interrupted that a couple of times, certainly. But, but Houston had a run there. Uh, I don't remember how many exactly they won, how many times they won it. But but Houston was on a little bit of a roll. Now, I as we just outlined, any it could go any of three ways. And really, you're going to have to earn this. You're going to have to earn it. There's going to be four games a year against those two teams. Yeah. And that's a lot against top-notch competition. And, and the Colts I, have all those games between week 10 and week 15. The the meat of your season yeah. will, def, will def decide the division. So that, that also tells you staying healthy is going to be critical right. because that's when health becomes a major impact on or has a major in impact on the season, late in the season like that. So uh, this is going to be very, very interesting. Um, you know, it, and it's interesting. I was on radio in Nashville today, and <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Like one of the things that I, I tried to convey that, was kind of difficult because I didn't want to insult anybody. It was <laughs> like for Colts fans, taking the Titans seriously is like a new concept. <laughs> I mean, when Reggie Wayne gets up there in Nashville at the draft and, and gets booed and then comes back with, we won 20 out of 21 games when I was playing with the Colts. <laughs> it's like, what, are you, what, are you, what are you supposed to say? I mean, you know? it's the I mic mean, drop of all mic drops because it was right. true. They like, were the little brother for, for a long time. I mean, the, they would win here and there. But, I mean, it's it just they never scare you. And, look, they're a well-built team and they're well-constructed, but I, I totally see it. I totally get it. Did they ever beat Andrew Luck? I can't remember. No. They never they did, never right? Did. They never did. Man. <laughs> I mean, think about that. He, this guy tormented you for six, seven years, and then he retires and you never get your shot at him. <laughs> so, right. That sucks. But I, I just – it was kind of interesting. Again, I wasn't trying to, like, start shit with Titans fans. I was just – I wasn't trying to go Reggie Wayne on them. I was just like, you know, look, I don't really think very much of you people <laughs> or much of your team. But and, I, I mean, I, look, they're they coming off – This year. They were in the AFC Championship game. They went to Baltimore in the divisional round yeah. last year and beat up the Ravens, the number one seed, the 15-1 and one Ravens. And so, obviously, they're hyped for this coming season. They got uh, Tannehill back. They got Derrick Henry back. But, I don't know. I'm just ready to see some games. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of getting to is, like, I know you're not used to this as a Colts fan, but you really should pay attention to the Titans. <laughs> okay? Right. They're going right. to be a tough out. Okay? Just yeah. understand that. Yeah. And I think – I think Mike Vrabel is a big part of that. I there is a reason Chris Ballard had him on a short list. Yes, and offered very him the very job, short apparently. list. I think apparently offered him the job, or he was a finalist. I should say. I, should I say. think he was. I think he was number two. He, yeah, he was a finalist, and they came close to making that offer. I guess they never officially made it, but he was he was pretty much down to the end. They were picking between him and. Uh, well, yeah, I guess he came in second to Josh McDaniels. <laughs> he who, who shall not be named. Oh my gosh, I, I, I haven't thought about Josh McDaniels in like at least 
a month or two. <laughs> right. So anyhow, that's that's kind of interesting though. The whole Titans angle is going to be very very interesting. Having to to view that in a different way. Uh, there was you mentioned the news at the top with Quentin Nelson. There was this wasn't like big news, but I thought it was an important question to get on the record. We did talk to T. Y. Hilton earlier, as we said, and he talked about number thirteen. Uh, being ready to roll and third person. But one thing I also asked him, which is a lot more serious question, was like, hey, we're seeing money thrown around the NFL right now. I mean, how many, I don't know how many players have gotten extended in the past week. There must have mm-hmm. been like a secret meeting among GMs somewhere. And they said, okay, now you can pay your guys because it's been happening left and right, including Ryan Kelly here in Indy. T.Y. Hilton was not among those players to get paid. Uh, he's entering the final year of his contract. It's, going to be interesting and so i asked him are you a little salty about that is this going to be an issue are we just moving on and we'll deal with this in january or what and he seemed he could not have been less phased about this do you buy that do you think that he's good with it i do and 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 this is maybe just from covering ty like look this guy is is very simple in the way he looks at things like it's Mm -hmm. it's football and it's everything else and, and whatever it takes for him to be healthy and on the field and, and playing the role he expects to play on the football field for his team, that's most important. And look, his words were, it's dead. That's beyond. That's behind me. He's ready to go. And, and I've never felt more confident saying that having listened to him today. And, and this is something I've noticed. So during practice, you know, the first session that we get to watch is, is special teams. So T.Y. has he doesn't play special teams. He's been on the side field going through routes and running through his routes and working on his different cuts and everything. And and I thought to myself today when I was watching him, I said, look, I haven't seen this guy do this in a long time. And He's then been doing me. this now for weeks. I've noticed it. Yep. It's because he hasn't been able to practice for almost two years. I mean, remember, he played the last seven games of 18 without practicing more than twice. Hmm. Last year, he was you know, messed up in early November and, and never really was himself. And this is a guy that would practice once a week tops. Frank Reich basically just had an understanding with him that if he could go, he would go on Sunday. This is going to be T.Y. motivated to continue his career in Indianapolis. And no one knows how important they are to this roster more than him. He understands that when he's on the field, the Colts are the Colts. When he's not, they're a shell of themselves. He knows that. He's said that. He wants that pressure, um, and this guy sounded as amped as I've ever heard him before a season opener today. I mean, he was like he couldn't even sleep. He said this week because he's so ready to go. So, you know, he basically just said he left us with this. He was like, "Tune in on Sunday," is what he said. Hmm. So we will, we will listen to you, Ty. We'll, we'll be watching. We will do that. Uh, the, the the thing that you were just talking about, the sort of process he's going through at the outset of practice, it reminds me of Reggie. It really does. In terms of this, like Reggie was very methodical and everything was important to him, right? And repetition, the jugs machine after practice, right? Remember that? Uh, He clearly was was raised by Reggie Wayne. There's no question about that. And that's yes, that's a great that's a great guy to follow, right? I mean, Reggie was a perfectionist. Ty has the same sort of uh, stubbornness about him, right? You know, he's a technician and everything has to be perfect. And I I think that is. Really, it, it starts from Marvin, right? It's Marvin handed it down to Reggie. Reggie handed it yeah. down to Ty, and Ty's got some guys to hand it down to now as well. So, I asked uh, I asked Reggie that one time. I said, "Why, why were you so good?" And I didn't mean to insult Reggie; he was <laughs> terrific. But like, you know, Marvin had the speed in the hands. Why were you so good, Reggie? And Reggie had great hands too. And he said, "That's a good question. I'm glad you asked." 
It's because I never got bored with it, hmm. with the work and those kind of things that we saw T.Y. on the field doing today, like running routes by himself. He doesn't need to be doing that. He could be standing on the side watching other guys. Those guys are obsessed with those little details, and Marvin was, Reggie was, and absolutely you can put T.Y. in the same class as those guys. He's going to have absolutely the same kind of numbers when he's when he's done. Yeah, so, I mean, I got to tell you, it, it really is fascinating. So here's a Ring of Honor guy, by the way, lock – that's a lock yeah. for sure. The yeah. greatest lock in history. Ring of right. Honor guy who is off on, to the side of the field by himself, 20 yards away from the closest guy going through his routes before practice. I mean, that is that is excellence. That is a pursuit of excellence right there. So anyhow, I think it's it's kind of nice to bring you some of those small details. You're, you're not going to get that opportunity to get out there and see that. So, so hopefully yeah. we can kind of be the conduit, especially this year, unfortunately. So... Uh, well, we'll see, man. It's going to be interesting. Uh, there's all kinds of storylines. Uh, what happens before the game? We've got the National Anthem. We've got storylines there. We've got crowd, crowd noise, lack of crowd. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And then there's also the game, by the way. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And at long last, we will have Colts football. So we appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us. Uh, by the way, before we go, Zach, a uh, quick plug for your story. I know you're really excited for the people to read. Yeah. Um, we'll just say this. It's it's a side of a Colts player you probably know nothing about. A Colts star at that. Um, Justin Houston had a very, very traumatic moment in his childhood that basically changed him and changed the way he plays football. And it's, it's, a, uh, it's a heart-rending story. That will be up tomorrow morning. And I... Um, would encourage you to read it because it it's it's some serious stuff awesome and look that's there's more where that came from people so please 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 check it out uh thank you so much we hit a million subscribers this week that is a landmark let me tell you i cannot tell you how hard that is in the publishing business i cannot tell you there are according to our ceo less than like five publications right now in the country that right. are doing that right and most New York of them, times washington post yeah wall street journal i think that's the end of the list <laughs> and none of them are four years old so uh yeah we're really really proud of that and we couldn't have done it without you so andy by the way you guys in particular as a market have responded so strongly uh to what we've done the last couple of years we've only been online here for a couple of years and you guys have crushed it uh in terms of being a great audience so we appreciate that we track the numbers we track everything so we can say that with certainty Thank you for that. So, again, Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer. I'll stop rambling now. This is 1% Better, Colts football on Sunday.